Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everybody and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Every week we bring you insights into film, television, online video, VR and so much more. This week we're going to be talking about design, motion, branding, community, networking, presenting, studios, 3D, Cinema 4D, Octane, maybe even a little Giphy in there. This week, it's my pleasure to welcome Mike Tosito of Never Sit Stills to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me, Blair. It's really good to be on the show. We've been speaking about it for a while, so yeah, it's great to have finally landed, so to speak. Awesome. You presented at Node, but unfortunately, we didn't have the chance to catch up. Our paths didn't cross that day. That's right, yeah. I was telling the guy, I said, um, you know, I told them I was going on Pro Video Podcast, and all the guys were aware of the podcast. And um, I said that we'd, we'd aim to meet at Node. James had given you a shout-out. James Cowan from Yes Captain, who runs Node. He'd given you a shout-out. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, great. Get to say good day to Blair. But, yeah, it, it never happened. It's such a crazy, busy day. Um, just attending. Just trying to um, take it all in. There's so much information and so many people. But presenting, that must have been next level. Man, it was it was crazy. It's like... Presenting uh, is one of those things. I guess I started doing small talks a few years back, started with Agda and um, did the design conference the last year in Brisbane, which was the same year as Node. Um, and the design conference was 700 people. And, you know, you'd think that that would be a bit scarier than Node, but Node was possibly the toughest talk I've done. And the reason being, I love acne, but it's a, you know, you know the vibe. It's a cinema. And I think it's over, just over 100 people, um, I think, by memory. I might have the numbers wrong. But, you know, you're at the bottom of that sort of that amphitheater, that cinema. So you've kind of got, like, in the front row, I've got, like, you know, <laughs> other speakers, like, right across from me. Like, people like, you know, Lucas Brooking and Gareth O'Brien from Bar 2, you know, uh, and James Cowan, who runs Node. And, yeah, it's daunting. It's daunting. It's uh, intimate and, in turn, a little bit intimidating because you're talking to your most... Your, your, your peers you know talking to the motion audience so yeah very very daunting yeah i think that's such a great point that makes no difference from every other conference i've ever attended is the intensity and the focus on motion and all the different disciplines within that um, rather than a semi-permanent where um there's lots of creators but it's spread across the whole gamut of the um, wider industry but with node it is this intimate opportunity to hear and connect with the speakers who are at the top of the game and all the presentations were great but yours was awesome i really enjoyed it so much thank you so much i think uh i really um put a lot of effort into my into my presentation because i think it's an absolute honor to speak at any event Uh, i take you know a presentation to a board of directors um, just as seriously as I take a presentation to a group of ser- uh, students and just as seriously as I take putting together a talk for note. I think being asked to speak, to be asked to present, to have people have their undivided attention um, is an honour. Uh, and it's, I think you, that's why I put in so much effort to that talk. But I wanted to do something different. I wanted it to really resonate. I didn't just want to do a portfolio showing. I didn't want to just talk about techniques and motion, which I love, you know, like having Rich Nosworthy going to the, the depths of, of um, rhetoric, which is awesome. But I wanted to talk about something that we don't talk about. We don't talk about the pressure that this industry uh, can, can put on us. You know, and like I said, I've worked with Tim for the last couple of years and, you know, I don't even have a family. But um, that aside, like just the pressure that, running a studio, doing work, trying to do world-class work can put on you is, 
is intense. And I wanted to talk about that because I think that was something that clearly really resonated with the audience. Yeah, and it's something that as individuals we all feel and we have our own story. But I've, I've, seen, in the, I've seen a lot of people deal with that pressure in different ways and I myself have felt that, um, that extreme, intense feeling of panic it's you're 11 o'clock at night and you're just feeling alone and it's like how, how you you feel like everybody else seems to manage what's happening why why is this happening to me yeah man it's crippling hey like it's crippling trying to keep the stress by the shoulders but below the shoulders is, is, is where i try and keep it but it's absolutely crippling and do you know what i've learned like the more i work with some of the best in the business like the tim Clapham's of the world and you know, as our team grows, I've got great guys here. We all feel it. No one's immune to it. Nobody is immune to it. Yeah. yeah. I've got to be honest. Like, I always thought before I worked with Tim, you know, having followed Tim for a long time, and, um, uh, you know, I always thought that this guy would just, you know, and he is a fountain of knowledge, but I thought for, for Tim, you know, like, he just, he just have all the answers in an instant. But, you know, he, he goes through the same, he goes through the same struggle as the rest of, as the rest of us creative. So, yeah, no one's immune. At any level. No, that's so true. That is so true. I'd ask everybody to um, check out Mike's presentation at Node. We'll have a link in the show notes to that. It's really awesome. And it actually touches on both the creative work that he's done at Never Sit Still, but really about the topic of work-life balance, which I think is just so important to try and keep in check. It's hard to do it all the time, but to be aware of it, to try and pull pull it back every once in a while is such a good thing. For sure. A lot of humor throughout that whole presentation as well with uh, a lot of use of Giphy, well, well-placed GIFs happening everywhere. Yeah, Giphy certainly is a, it's a, it's a revelation. You know, I love all the Giphy plugins that are popping up. Giphy plugin from Gmail and it's just, you know, the response to an email with GIF is sometimes, you know, way more potent than responding with, with, uh, with a paragraph. So I want to talk about Never Sit Still. That's your studio. Do you mind just sort of explaining to everybody um, your position in the industry and what the studio is about and what your role is at the studio as well? Yep. So um, Never Sit Still is a motion graphic studio. We specialize in 2D and 3D work. We do very little with live action. Um, and we, yeah, we're more about the motion graphics. Uh, we, I sort of have been saying for a while since Never Sit Still's inception that we specialize in motion for brand, and we definitely do, and that's due to my background coming up in, I guess, the, the, the um, you know, working with branding studios um, in Australia, and when I went out on my own, that was kind of the, the core um, businesses that I worked with. But as we grow, I've been sort of talking to the, to the guys in the studio, and as we're sort of looking for new people, as we grow, I explain the business, and I, and I say, there's one side, which is the branding side, which is all about being very you know, methodical. It's all about conceptual thinking. It's all about iterating and prototyping. And a lot of it ends up on the cutting room floor. But then there's the other side of the business, which we do, with, which is much more about um, the animation and the storytelling and the narrative, where less of it ends up on the cutting room floor. It's more about um, coming up with a good storyboard, then sticking to that storyboard, animating that storyboard, relying on animation principles, getting those transitions right, and then crafting that and finessing it until delivery and that's kind of the other side of the business so they're kind of like the two styles of animation that, that we do and you're, you're doing that for um a variety of different outputs whether it's stings or bumpers or title sequences explainers brand stories tvcs end frames um but you have a unique flavor and style that shines through in your work 
And it's real strength and understanding of design, but design for the brand and communication. Like everything feels like it holds true to what is what is the most important for this brand and communicating what this brand is about. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I coming up in Interbrand with, um, at the time, four creative directors and one business, uh, which just to, just to give these guys shout outs, there was Mike Rigby, who's now at RGA, who's just, he's just flying in that place. Chris McLean, who's over at Gretel um, in New York. And then there was Ben Miles, who's still the, the, the sole CD of Interbrand uh, Australia at the moment. And then there was Oliver Maltby, who's now the ECD of Interbrand in New York. So there were four creative directors and these guys all came up from that. They all came up from the UK and they all came up with that that learning of, you know, a great idea, you know, well-crafted where every single element on a screen, like Mike Rigby, Rigby has described this, every single element on a, on a page has owned its place. And I still, I guess, hold that true when I'm working with those branding projects and a lot of the branding studios that I work with and lucky we're able to pick and choose a little bit these days. So... I try and take on really nice branding projects where I'm working with that sort of thinking where, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing that hasn't earned its place that, um, that, that ends up on that screen. I think that you've got a really unique niche in the market where you are focused on branding, but you're also really focused at being involved in the design community in Australia. It feels like you've got a great partnership with design studios that don't have that strength of motion internally. I know that it's um, networking and presenting is about getting your name out there, but being part of the design community and really diving in and being involved, how has that been influential on the growth and development of Never Sit Still? Yeah, it's been huge. You're, you're 100% right, and it's been huge. There's a creative director, that um, one of the studio owners of For The People, who are, uh, I guess, a design agency in, in Sydney. Um, Jason Little was the chair of AGSA uh, when I got involved with AGSA. And he used to say, just when you're starting, when you when you want to get your name out there, just say yes to everything. And I, said, I guess that's what, I, what I've done over the years. I've just said yes to everything. People have asked me if I'd like to talk at an AGSA event. I've said yes. Students of um, universities or colleges have asked if I'd like to come and talk. I've said yes. I've said yes to job opportunities and, and, and projects. I've probably taken on way more than I should have over the years and worked weekends and, and long nights. But, you know, I've, I've just said yes to a lot and I've tried to be involved with the community. I've reached out to Twitter. I've, I've gone on podcasts like this. I've just always said yes. And I think that's really helped growing the business. Uh, I've stepped down from AGSA this year. I was the chair last year. Uh, but I stepped down because I just have gotten too busy to be involved in, in Agda as much as I really love Agda and I'm doing motion workshops next week in South Australia, WA and then the following week in Melbourne in uh, Melbourne. You know, that that is uh, that does take a lot of voluntary and it takes a lot of energy. But uh, yeah, I've just the importance of being involved and talking to things like NodeFest and the Design Conference, that really helps to build profile. It's got backed up by work. You know, it's got to be backed up by substance. But, um, yeah, I've really seen the importance of being involved in the community and, and, and giving a lot back to, to help build the profile of the studio in turn. Yeah, yeah I, I myself have found that um, Adobe were setting up online groups for New Zealand and Australia and I was chatting to them and as soon as I heard that, I was like, yep, want to be involved. 
want to run it for New Zealand and I stepped up and put on presentations. My my interest was really clear. I just wanted to meet people. I was in a suite and I'm like, who, who else is out there? The benefits come in so many other forms. And I know that for you being involved with APA, um, Adobe reached out and they asked you to help out with the Adobe Make It 2016 titles. And that felt like there was a bit of a direct correlation there. But also, you've, you've also done the 2017 titles in collaboration again with um, Lux. Yes. Yeah, excellent yes, piece of work. Thank you. Thank you. We did, so Lux and I did 2016 together. Yeah. Uh, and then we did 2017 together. And this year, we're actually working on, we, we, we almost got it ready. I've had a really tight turnaround to work on the, the titles for this year as well. Wicked. Definitely. Um, when, I, when I spoke to, to Tim from Lux about it, uh, he was he was uh, involved in a really cool job with a little known studio called Buck. Uh, and Who right are they? Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and right now he's on a project. Uh, sorry, he's not on a project right now. He's on a holiday in Bali. Nice. So he, he he declined. But we were, we we still working with Tim, and yeah, we we love working with Tim. So, um, but yeah, this year it's been a never still project. So yeah, it's a. Uh, uh, Phil, um, Phil Tibbles and Alex Barnett have been leading it, and it's been one that the studio has really, really enjoyed working on. Tight turnaround, but yeah, I look forward to getting it out there. I can't wait to see that. Something that I really like looking at with your work, uh, the process reels. You put a lot of love into these process reels that show the the behind the scenes that us motion designers really want to see it. It's like, oh, well, that's beautiful. But then to actually see some of the process of what's building it. Yeah, so thanks for all the process reels. They're awesome. <laughs> Pleasure. So many people love the process reels. Naturally, lots of people do process reels. I saw other people doing the process reels and thought, man, that, that's really cool. So I think it's really cool for those big 3D especially something like Vivid. Vivid was, when we came off the back of Vivid, which was a project that just like took, um, you know, two months of, of, of my life, um, to do a process reel at the end of that, you know, I did, didn't have the time, I didn't have the desire, but I knew Vivid was once in a lifetime. It was just great to archive it and document it with that process reel. And it's a great thing to show when you show students um, or even friends, like what it takes to put something like Vivid on the side of the opera house. So yeah. um, that was one that had to be done. I like them to be short and sharp and yeah. So um, on episode 15, I had Tim Clapham on the show and we talked about the um, audio creatures for Vivid, the Lighting the Sails 2017 piece. Everybody have a listen to that episode as well. But for those who aren't aware of what that project is, it was a collaborative project with Amon Tobin and it's light projecting onto the Sydney Opera House, which is probably one of the most iconic buildings in the world. What an awesome opportunity. Yeah, it was. It was amazing. So um, Tim's already spoken about that, so I won't go into too much detail. But it was a, it was a really short, short lead time. Uh, Ash Boland was the director. Ash was, Ash was fantastic to work with. Ash used to run a studio called Umeric, which most people listening would be familiar with. If not, go and check out Umeric because their work is still up online. It's just it's beautiful work. So Ash directed it. He now runs, a, 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 I guess, a collective of directors called um, Interrogate. Uh, and he works on shoots all over the world. And uh, so Ash directed it. There was spin effects on the job and um, Lux and Never Sit Still. It was 15 minutes of, um, I guess, you know, high end 3D content projected across, I think, um, over 4K on, on the, uh, as far as the resolution goes for the projections. Um, and then, yeah, we had uh, Rich Nosworthy and Nate for uh, Twisted Poly 
jump in on it as well at the 11th hour and really help save the day. So, yeah, it yeah. was a big one. The bad boys of uh, Cinema 4D. Not, <laughs> not really. Everybody's so lovely, eh? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Everybody's so nice. So nice to work with. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back to, I, I can't wait to see the Adobe Make It 2018 titles. I've, I, what I really liked about the 2017 titles was how bold and graphic the whole piece was and bright, the energy, the color. I know that the 2016 titles was inspired by illustrations. Was the 2017 titles your own concept and development for that project? Yeah, yeah. The 20, so the 2016, the illustration was done by Shabalini Kumar. And then what Tim and I did was we rebuilt it. We stuck with, um, it was illustrated as an isometric illustration. And then we, we, we rebuilt that in 3D. Um, she used uh, really nice like highlights. So then we used, you know, um, I guess those highlights, those uh, colors and global illumination to really um, help lift that piece. But yeah, the, the 2017, um, <laughs> Tim had this ridiculous idea and I was well on board. It was like, why don't we, why don't we design for all the speakers? Why don't we design a unique, um, uh, like, I guess a unique plate for the speakers and then we'll animate them all. And we thought, what if we can link them to each speaker? So for Timothy Goodman, who's an illustrator from New York, he's got this crazy like wall drawing style that's like mazes and it's all these intricate lines. So we thought, okay, well that could be him. And then, um, we sort of thought of like Nicola Tung, who's a photographer. Well, hers can be made up of like these pixels. And we started linking all the designs to these names and all of them. And the, um, you know, the one that was meant to be for um, um, uh, Mike Alderson from Manverse Machine, that was going to be all um, intricate. I, I guess, you know, those really like triangulated pieces. But then naturally, the problem is Mike Alderson dropped out. Um, he was replaced by a great speaker, Gareth O'Brien, but then we needed to do the Gareth O'Brien one in the buck style, so we had to redo that illustration that we'd already spent two days on. Then we spelt one of the speaker's names wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so once it's all been rendered in 3D oh, and delivered, no. it's delivered on the weekend before the conference. <laughs> oh, on a Sunday, it was just like fixing that. So we will never do that again, but we're glad we did it because it was such a unique and fresh approach what I really love about working with him is he just always wants to do something really different and really unique and something that hasn't been done before. And I wrote this in my, on your document you sent me yesterday, just, um, you know, just things to talk about, like not, not that we need a thing to talk about, we've got plenty to talk about, but I wrote um, about like looking at reference and Vimeo reference. And I look at Vimeo as much as the rest of us, but I'm really careful not to, not to go into that vortex of just looking at too much reference because I think it's great to just, do something or do something, just use your brain to think of like solutions rather than if we just always, always looking at, always uh, looking at reference, sometimes our stuff starts to all look the same, uh, we start to follow trends, uh, and also it's just depressing because there's just so much good work out there. So I think what's great, what I've really enjoyed working with him is he's always just trying to get an interesting idea uh, before digging into reference going, let's create a piece like that with our own flavor. Yeah. I, I totally agree and on the show always talking about um, points of influence for inspiration and we'll we'll go into the probity of picks at the end of the show. But on the weekend, um, took the family to a local gallery but it's actually this really cool old homestead. They had a little kids activity where they're making art so got to leave the youngest there for half an hour and just enjoy the gallery myself. And what was interesting is that there was this really bold graphic piece and it was really solid geometric shapes and they were glowing with this neon. 
and and it was like um it was the negative space that was more interesting than glowing and it was you know and suddenly i was just so inspired i could see it in the 3d and i could see yep. global illumination very much like your 2016 make it titles yeah but it was in the reverse rather than the dark it was in the light and it was always one of those problems is people were always asking for a white space with glows <laughs> yeah yeah. And, yeah, and suddenly I was just so inspired and I kind of wanted to just run back to work and start building stuff. So going and putting yourself into a place, an opportunity to have inspiration that wouldn't normally come your way, I think that's such a good way of um, keeping motivated. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. great. Actually going to flag that the Gareth O'Brien part of that section was one of my favourite bits. Awesome, awesome, cool. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> that was a re that was a rebuild. Kind of kept some of the same. Kind of kept the same sort of technique, but that was a that was a rebuild. Yeah, and that was the first time Tim. Um, that was the first time I think that Tim and I had met Gareth. And yeah, so um, we had a beer with him afterwards, and we were like, "Hey, did you like that? Did you like your name title?" And <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, um, Gareth has been on the show. Um, it's yep. awesome. So many people have been on the show now, and even John Barry, his name was the first one up, and he's been on the show a few times now as well. Yep. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I saw that. And I saw Gareth had been on. I listened to Gareth's podcast as well. Yep. Awesome. Uh, I love Australasian motion design community. I think the Node has really brought us all together in a, a different way across New Zealand and Australia. I know there's a lot happens in Australia, but yeah, the, yep. the community feels tight. And yep. I was speaking to you briefly last night and we were discussing how lucky everybody coming into this industry now is compared to when we are at school and that feeling of isolation in the wider industry. Very different today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We were talking about that. And when I went to uni, so I was at university uh, back in 2003, uh, and I graduated in 2006. And, I mean, Linda didn't even exist then, you know, for training. So there was no real online training. I mean, I learned Shake. Um, I learned tools that, I mean, Shake doesn't even exist. And I learned that from going through the, the going through the, you know, going through the help, F1, and there you go, start reading through the documentation and, that's how I learned how to start compositing. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky to, you know, have at, at uni a lecturer um, named Roy Marley, and he's a CG supervisor at Allura. He was at Finn. Before Finn, he was at Animal Logic, and before Animal Logic at Fuel, and um, he was there at Fuel during the time that they were rolled over and, and acquired by um, Animal Logic when they went into administration. But he was amazing. There weren't people coming in from industry and talking to us. There weren't people like that could could really hook you up with jobs. There was opportunities, but not like now. Like I look at like I think UTS is a really strong uh, school. I've got two UTS um, grads that work work with us. One's two years out, Alex Barnett, who a lot of you guys would have met, who was at Node last year. And um, so there's Alex, who's brilliant, and then we've got um, Zoe Crocker. Uh, she's new and she's a UCS grad, visual comms course. What I love about the visual comms students is they teach themselves, they're the ones that teach themselves motion. So they come out as conceptual thinkers, but the ones that have taught themselves motion are great habit never to still. They really fit well. You know, the opportunity that exists in the unions is just, we, we didn't we didn't have any of that. We didn't have the online training like we do now. Uh, yeah, it was, it was I, I think it's great what happens now. And I'm not saying it was, it was really hard for us, but it was definitely accessible as it is now you don't know what it's like until you can look back on it and it's just um you can see the opportunities but yeah like going going through um we felt we had so much more than the previous generation where yeah. software was accessible um yeah. at yeah. 10 grand a pop <laughs> yeah. Yeah. exactly exactly yeah yeah 
Um, Amazon with software now, there's student versions for everything, you know, yeah. like, I mean, we were, we were running, and I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say it, I'll say it openly because I was a student and I wasn't making money off it, but all our software was cracked. Yeah. You know, we were all sharing, we were all sharing wares at, at, at uni, you know, you don't need to do that now. And I think it's awesome that these software companies have student versions that are, you know, and educational licenses that, you know, it, it's great because I think... Um, I, I have no, no, no time, interest, or even like, it doesn't even, the, the idea of pirated software for any sort of professional studio or professional making, make, just makes you sick. Yeah. But I think while you're learning uh, and you're not making money off it, yeah, I, I, I get it, you know. Yeah. But I think as soon as you're making money off it, you know, like, I just love being able to be a part of Adobe and be part of Maxon and, you know, like, it's just awesome. And I think the idea of this pirating software is just <laughs> cheap and ridiculous. Oh, oh definitely. Uh, I totally agree. If you're making money, this is a part of, you know, uh, a tradesman doesn't go and nick his tools off somebody else so he can build a house. Why should we? So <laughs> It's a tax deductible cost, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would really like to talk to about some of your other work because what I find really inspirational about your work is you have such a strong collaboration with Smith & Weston. It really feels like the motion and the audio are so intertwined and there definitely feels like there's some projects where the, the audio is really a driver for it. Have you got some projects where you're working hand-in-hand hand as the project's yeah. developing? Yeah, like right now, um, Smith & Weston are working on the music in tandem with the sound design, in tandem with the Adobe titles, and they did the same last year. Um, we've got a great relationship with them. They've done audio for us. We, we use them exclusively. Um, I've known the guys from Smith & Weston for a long time, but I, I go way back with one of the guys, um, Nick West, who's one of the founders, hence the name Smith & Weston. Um, it was started by a guy named Ant Smith and also Nick West. So, and then the third guy, Dan, is the and in between. So, <laughs> but Nick and I used to, Nick and I used to busk. We met in a didgeridoo store and we used to busk on the street playing techno with didgeridoos. We used to busk down at Chinatown uh, every weekend. We both um, quit our, our jobs back in like 2007 and called it the summer of love. We, we, we busked, uh, had a great life, sold CDs, um, made good cash. Um, and that's how Nick and I, um, then we sort of went, from the busking, both sort of got into working for studios, and then both started our own studios. Um, I love what they what they do. They love what we do. We just work really well together. So, um, yes, our connection with Smith and Weston, the more together, the stronger our work gets. But audio is so so important. Yeah. Uh, and having done music, um, having had a background in music, I just love the power of music and the power of audio and sound design. And it's just something that I would never overlook for motion graphics. Yeah, I completely agree. And I've said it quite a few times in the past. I, I feel that at times the music and the sound design is more than the visuals and really does carry the piece. In Auckland, got some great relationships with the audio houses, um, quite a number of them. Yeah, and an appreciation of what they bring to a project. But I also feel that motion designers are always quite passionate about music and sound in some in some way as well. And you can see that in people's work where the thought of the timing, the accentuations, the building through a yeah. piece. Yeah, man, 100%. I could not agree more. Like, I, I think like, Music and 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 animation are quite similar in the senses. And and I've, I love electronic music. I, I just really love electronic music. And I love 
when you think about, you know, just even just a normal song, but especially with electronic music, like, you know, you know, these these grooves when you've got like the, the you know, the groove humming along, then it drops and then it builds up and then it drops down into this, you know, this huge like explosion and it's flurry and you've got energy and change of pace. That's animation, right? Yeah. Um, and when those two things work hand in hand, yeah, it's really, it's exciting. And the power of audio and visuals combined, audio just makes video 200 times better and vice versa. I, a couple of pieces that I thought really showcased this and were actually quite tricky in that they are type and motion where they were the Beetroot Consultants and mm, New Theatre mm. brand. Both of those were really strong, really minimal, but they were well-crafted, well-designed, but worked so well with the audio as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, love, we love making those, those sorts of pieces, just like snappy pieces. Like New Theatre was done a, a long a long time ago, that was one of the earlier projects that I did it into brand. But I guess Beetroot was just one of those I got to, that Alex and I worked on, and we just got to really just, yeah, just finesse and really time everything and edit the music so things that landed at the right time. We were constantly going into the motion, going back into the um, music, editing it. And, you know, music editing, to get it to land perfectly with the animation is hard because you've got your words that you want to hit on certain beats and sentences that land, and they need to land on big moments. But then you've got big moments in your animation where you might have to swap things around so, you know, you get a big firework burst. You want that to land at a drop in the music. And, yeah, we, we spend a lot of time crafting both of those elements. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the beetroot is so vibrant and beautiful. It's bold and, and, and like a lot of your work, the energy. You, you really do have a sense of energy that comes through the, all of your work. Yeah, cheers. I love it. I, I love watching short videos that are exciting to watch. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, these days, the client says that they want a two-minute video. I, I'm really not, I'm not interested. Like, I, not to say we won't do it if it really needs to be two minutes, but I will do everything in my power to try and get that down under 90 seconds. Um, when I go on Vimeo now, there's so much content. Honestly, if I see it in two minutes, I'm not going to watch it. Even if I see one minute 43, <laughs> I'm going to skip it. I just want, I love just short pieces. I think a story can be told you know, in under 90 seconds, between 30 to 90 is that sweet spot. Uh, and, you know, there's just so many videos out there that, that, that cut through that clutter. You know, these videos, these are just really exciting to watch. And yeah. um, I I even just, I, I just, while a lot of the, like, titles that we've seen at the moment, uh, like a lot of the title design is, you know, really well thought out, considered shots, I, I get bored just with these really slow-moving shots, the rack focus ball. Like, I just, I, just, I, I personally, I, I get bored. Maybe I'm a... I'm a a little bit ADHD. I've got a very short attention span. You know, I just like it. I like the energy. I love the energy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see that energy. And um, we're going to have links to all this work. Something that was really energetic, almost chaotic, but so colorful and vibrant was the um, eccentric molecules piece. It doesn't get as hard oh, or fast yeah. as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That eccentric molecules piece. Okay. So. M35, uh, who we've been lucky to work with, they're a branding studio. Um, we've worked on the semi-permanent brand work with those guys, Eccentric Molecules. We just finished Google Zoo. It's not live yet. We're getting the audio done by Smith & Wesson. And we're currently working on the motion for actors, the Australian Film, Television and Radio School. So we do lots of work with M35. Uh, now, Eccentric Molecules is a perfume, it's a fragrance, but it's quite, uh, the fragrance is like, there's a pure, uh, uh, just without going into too much detail, there's like, a certain molecular, molecular structure that's at, that is at the base of every perfume that every fragrance maker will start with. And they stay really close to this at its, at its core. And they've released four different fragrances. And for the last one, what they wanted to do is they wanted to 
have a combination of all those different labels and all those different bottle graphics. They wanted to have a combination of them to introduce people to the site, kind of like because they were releasing a new one, and they felt they wanted to get what they had, which was a bit more glitchy and distorted, which they're not about glitch and distortion. They're about precision. So this thing, we wanted it to move with, you know, it's very detailed, but it needs to move with, like, like almost like the idea was like, you know, when you look at those big orange robots that construct cars, yeah. and, you know, they're moving, and it's you know, it's all really yeah. precise, and it, it needed to feel a little bit like that, but really quick, in six seconds. So that was how the Eccentric Molecules piece came about. But when we were building it, every single little block, so it's like quite, as you said, it's quite detailed. So I know for the people listening, you're going to have to see this to, to, to get it. But there's lots of different, even like blocks of crosses, so little grids of crosses that sit within this piece. So, but all of them needed to be different. And short of, you know, it wasn't done in, in 3D. And a lot of it was done manual because we wanted each cross to have its own little tone. So there were comps upon comps of crosses, some with less, some with more, all moving at different times. So we, we um, the video at high quality was loading a little bit slow to get into the website. So we work quite closely with um, some developers called Code on Canvas. Definitely check them out, Code on Canvas. They're based here in Sydney. Um, and they are just uh, they are just amazing what they do, like the animation that they create and the things that they create through code, like as processing and beyond sort of stuff. So they needed to take our files so that they could dig in and see how we built it. And uh, we, we bump into them around town now and then, and you know, we say, G'day, we have lunch. And they were just saying to us, those files, digging into those files was just ludicrous. They said, <laughs> man, they said, they said, the class, the level in that, in that six seconds, they, they said, when we watched it, we thought, yeah, this will be easy to build. They said, but when we started digging, we saw that the details you guys had gone into, and it was, yeah, it was a really well-crafted piece of six seconds. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. And and like I said, we'll have a link to that. So everybody watch the pieces. They're just amazing work. It's top quality, world-class work that Never Sit Still and Mike Tassetto are putting out into the world. So definitely click those links. And a big thank you to Matt Lloyd, who's putting all the show notes together. Thank you so much, Matt. You make my life so much easier, and I couldn't do it without you. It's so good. Mike, I want to talk about, we've talked about some of the projects, some of your craft, but... You're, you've got a lot of technical chops as well. And I know that you have been a big user of Cinema 4D. And what I love about seeing your work is you can almost, like so many of them are like uh, experimentations in different areas of 3D. You don't box yourself into one sort of area. You feel, I feel yeah. that you really um, don't hold back in experimenting. How has that process been of always pushing yourself and learning all these different areas of a, quite a technical program? You know, it's funny. I, I think of myself as such a, 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 a basic Cinema 4D user. You know, like I think Cinema 4D is just so deep. It's so big. It's so vast. And it's just when you look at like what, you know, guys like Nate, you know, Twisted Polly and, and Rich are doing with it and you know, Simon Fiedler and Brett Morris and my gosh, you know, and like Tim Clapham and um, just the way that they push this piece of software. And then you look at like Future Deluxe and Mavis and Shane and Tendril, my gosh. But uh, cinema is so vast and it's scary. But honestly, like I learned Cinema 4D by doing all of Tim's training. So if you, you know, if you need to learn, want to learn, want to get better at Cinema 4D, jump on Palo Lux and just do Tim's training really well thought out, really well considered and explained. But then working with Tim just pushed me to think about Cinema 4D in different ways. And believe it or not, 
um, a lot of the solutions that Tim will land on is it's often quite simple. It's just lots of little parts that all work together and there's more keyframing than you'd imagine. And yeah, there's interesting espresso. It's just getting a whole bunch of things to work together. And when you see an amazing simulation, like so, like, um, you know, Tim works on the um, Holden, Holden um, 7, um, the 7, seven Sins, for the 7-year warranty yep. for Buck. Yeah. Yep. So Tim did two of those shots. But it's not like he just, like, gets this thing loaded and knows how to get perfect topology and presses go and it's this perfect sim. You know, you'll get two little air pockets working together and cash that. Cool. Then make those rigid bodies and then it'll get another one and then it'll keyframe something and it's slowly bit by bit by bit, you know? Yeah. And it's painstaking. It's painstaking. But, but so it's not like there's just like he just has this technical wizardry to make this thing just hit first go. There's lots of craft and finessing and craft and finessing. And yeah, and that's the, I think working with Tim just helped me think about Cinema 4D in lots of different and interesting ways and really experiment with it. But honestly, I feel so like such a, um, a, a newbie still in Cinema 4D. I just feel like I'm learning every time I open it. I do too. I've been using it for six years now. I came from Maya back in the day. Yeah. And yeah. what I like about Cinema 4D as a 3D app for motion designers is you can play with it. You can throw it into situations and it doesn't break and crash and it's so robust that it allows you to experiment. I completely agree. I completely agree. Sometimes I like sometimes the simplicity, like, you know, usually building a scene, I build a scene, I get that working. You know what I get stuck on? Like, I get stuck on something as simple as like, you know, trying to map a texture onto, you know, an object. It's like, and I just want to get rid of that scene, which the rest of the scene was simple. That scene is just in the way and I can't send that to client. And that's what I'll get, that's what I'll get stuck on for like, for a day. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like, oh, maybe I should have just taken it in and just painted it out. <laughs> just exactly, I know, I know. But yeah, but but yeah, but it's a great, it's a great tool. It, it really yeah. is. It's big and fast, and, and and it's fun to play with, and it's quick to play with, and and yeah, yeah. I know that you're um, you've used Octane a lot in the past. Have you been using Redshift, or are you um, or are you sticking with Octane and looking forward to um, version four coming out? Well, here's the thing. So I recently finished a job with, with Octane um, uh, for an agency in Sydney called Holzbosch. I can't mention the name of the project yet because it's just not out. But um, yeah, did that all with Octane and really got into the, the nuts and bolts of Octane and really tried to sort of get better with that, that node editor, you know, just watching lots of Raphael's node trees and just seeing how he bumps with floats and, you know, with multiplying a bump over a noise pattern over a float. Just try to get better with that no, no, with that noise editor and using projections to then plug into a bunch of different textures, just really trying to get familiar with the, with the node tree. And what I've seen is when I look at other node trees in Redshift, they look quite similar. So I imagine once you know one, it's, it's relatively somewhat easy to transfer over. Hence why when you look at someone like Richard Nosworthy um, or, or Tim Clapham, they're jumping from VRA to Redshift and they could understand Octane just, just as easily because they all work yeah. in a similar way. Um, the thing is, though, I am doing less motion than ever before. <laughs> running a studio. Yeah. So getting my hands dirty with the tools is just so, um, it's it, it, honestly, like at the moment, so right now in the studio, we've got, we've got a guy up from Melbourne, young kid who's come up who we might, we, you know, we think of, of, of bringing on. We've got a freelancer with us, the studio's chockers. We've got myself, Bill, uh, Barnes, and Zoe, who are all full-timers. I'm getting proposals done. I've got presentations. I've jumped on this with you. I'm heading to a presentation, going to fit lunch in with this young bloke. Um, 
time on the tools. It's, it's <laughs> scarce now, you know? Yeah. And I miss it. But, but yeah, but I'm also trying to build, build a business and run a studio and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm, I'm torn, you know? It's, it is a big part of when you develop um, if you've got your own studio, totally could understand that. But even when you're more senior within a business or you become a creative director, you have to move away from the tools and be part of um, the face of the business, um, the sense of the business. <laughs> it's really important to, to be there to um, be, the, be the backbone rather than getting your hands dirty. I, I always find it so cathartic when I get back into a project. It's almost like slipping into bed. <laughs> and you're just like, yeah. uh, this feels good. This is right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it felt good to jump into that project that I worked on last month. And, and it was a big one. It was a big 3D project. And it was a lot of work. And it was a lot of rendering. But I just really enjoyed it. I just needed it. I just needed to jump in and just run a project myself. And yeah, yeah and the guys were the guys were on other work. And yeah, yeah, it was great. But um, you know, yeah, like you say, it's part of part of running a business and uh, to be available to mentor, you know, uh, Zoe who's new and yeah, and work work cl- more closely with her. I've got a great senior, you know, Phil Tibbles, he's fantastic. He's a great um great great conceptual thinker, he's great at storyboarding, he's a great designer. Um definitely check out his Instagram. He's really active, he's always sketching and doodling and drawing. So I've got great, great people. You know, and that's the that's the idea, isn't it? You know, you employ great people. Um, then the business comes along together. It doesn't take, you know, somebody, you know, as, yeah, it's not for me to be across everything. You know, you've got great people so that everybody can work together and work as a team, really. It's so good to hear. And congratulations for building Neversit still into into what it is, you know. It's your baby that you've um, obviously given so much of yourself to. And c- kudos to you. And it's so awesome to see you doing well, mate. Yeah, thanks, Blair. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, like I, I looked at last year and just thought, my talk on Node, what am, what am I going to do about changing that? And also, rather than just building a studio where I just expect what I've given from other people, honestly, we've got really good work hours at the moment. Um, no one's working on weekends. Um, yeah, it, it's under control. It's Friday lunches. It's hopefully, hopefully it's for the guys, it's an inspiring place to come to work and they feel like they've got great balance. And yeah, um, I just, I don't want to work to keep working with helping around and I don't think the team should either. I, I again I think um with the hindsight of coming through this industry as you have, we're that generation that are is that is helping these new people through and we're saying it's not acceptable. And I don't think that we had that when we were coming through because there was yeah. no industry of motion design. So now yeah. it's kinda of like gotta look at the bigger picture yep. and keep yep. yourself healthy and play the long game, yeah. Yeah, and get to those galleries on the weekend like we were talking about and get that inspiration, right? Yeah, totally, yeah, totally. Yeah, live, yeah. live this life. Yeah, That's t- it. definitely. And, and the thing is as well, you know, like I, the, other, the other thing on the flip side of that, I wouldn't have built Never Sit Still had, had I not have done that. Yeah. You know, like nothing rewarding comes easy. Yeah. And, and that, that's, also, that's, that's also a fact. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I want... Um, I want the team that I I have, you know, it's so many talented people in my team, but I want them to be putting their time to personal projects if they're yeah. choosing that in the late nights and the weekends, not because they have to, because a project is under stress and under budget and under time. And I think that, yeah, we're in this really healthy place where it's all in balance and it's so much better. Yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I couldn't agree more. How good, how good is it when it's all balanced and you can make plans like at night to, I mean, we're back and we just moved. So we've just moved into our own studio. We've got our own space flare and that's exciting. So awesome. we used to work, we used to work next door, um, literally next door in Surrey Hills, uh, to where we are now. And it was 113 Reservoir Street, big buildings. Now we're at 105 Reservoir Street. But in between, we went back to the boroughs, which was open camp down. A stone's throw from my house, 10 minutes away. But I'm just loving being back in Surrey Hills for two reasons. Heaps of food options, heaps of bars. It's a great vibe. It's a great creative vibe. It's actually one of the – I was reading this on the Surrey Hills website recently. It's one of the most concentrated precincts for creative in the world. So lots of creatives floating around, great pubs. Um, and obviously our own space as well. So I'm really, really happy to be back over here. Awesome, man. I'm just so stoked for you, Mike. That's so cool. Congratulations, Thanks, bro. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And now it's time for the Pro Video Picks. All right, we're going to go to the Pro Video Picks. This is the time of the show where we get to dig into every guest's inspiration and what inspires them. I really love this section. So, Mike, what would be your Pro Video Pick for this week? So... You know, I thought with, with, with these, with the few things we're going to do, I tried to things that are a little bit different to probably the usual things that you get. So my pro video pick, a piece of software that's called FreshBooks. Uh, it's an accounting piece of software, and as I do more and more admin than ever before, and I'm also now affectionately, hopefully affectionately known, uh, by the guys in the studio as admin boys, <laughs> um, FreshBooks just, just, it just makes, makes my life easier. It's, it's cheap. Um, it's accounting software. I can, can record receipts and get them straight in. Um, all my estimates, all my invoices. It just makes makes my VAT and tax time so easy. My accountant logs into it, gets everything he needs. You could go with any of those accounting softwares, QuickBooks, Roundbooks. I've been FreshBooks from, from the beginning, and yeah, I love it. Couldn't live without it. Awesome. So much easier with these ones where you can just take photos of your receipts and it, it fills in all the information, how much you spent where, and it's like just time-saving as. Ah, oh, amazing, amazing, yeah. yeah. We are a creative business, but we are a business. So any tools that make that easier, great pick, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, cheers. And as, as I the more I sort of run this business and employ more people, we also um, have to be about making money yeah. as well and things that can help it easier to, to keep cash flow um, coming, to keep, you know, cash flow running through the business. You know, I've learned more and more that cash flow is key. So, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, totally. Lifesaver for that. Yeah, totally agree. I um, had somebody who came, who owns a studio come up from Wellington and, mm. and was just talking about how to capture expenses and um, the realities of business. And what I had seen as opportunities where sometimes you're leaving cash on the table or you're not actually covering your true costs. So looking at things like data storage and archive and how you can charge that at the project and and he was doing things that I had initially done as well, where uh, you charge for a restore. And it's like, well, the reality is that most people, the numbers aren't going to be there to pull a project back. You have to capture it up front when you're doing the project for the long-term storage. Otherwise, you're always going to be out of pocket on it. And it's just like looking exactly. at all these things. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, following. This could be anything. It could be a TV show, a director, sports team, podcast, whatever. Who do you follow? What are you interested in? Yeah, so I am a massive fan. I, you know, I try to think of something a little bit more profound here. You know, think of somebody who I follow. But to be honest, the thing that I love more than anything, the thing that I watch more than anything is Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I just love it. It's like I've, I've got a Foxtel subscription specifically 
just so I can have Kirby enthusiasm, so I can binge on it. It's just that thing, I just wind down, I just watch any episode from any of the nine seasons. When I get home from a busy day at work, I'll binge it on a weekend when I'm... I just, yeah, it's just my switch-off thing. I love it. And and you need that. You need something. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I really like cooking shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Fair and, enough, yeah. And, um, yeah, so... MKR, it's a dumb watch, but I, I, I just love it. And um, my favorite show is um, Chef's Table, and there's a new release for Chef's Table, the dessert series. So I'm looking forward to watching that. <laughs> awesome. Oh, my girlfriend, Taka, for our, um, MKR as well. She loves it. <laughs> uh, guilty pleasures. It's all good. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> Mike, um, where do you find your inspiration and influences? Yeah, so I touched on this before. Like I say, um, I think you can find it. You can find it everywhere. And I just wanted to go go back to that thing I was saying about Vimeo before. I agree with you. It's better to go into a gallery and find inspiration, or, or just get it like um, you know on on you know on a walk around the block, um, you know, or to go on Vimeo and you know like like I was talking about before. But honestly, for me, I find inspiration more than anywhere in the shower. The amount of times an idea has hit me in the shower. I don't know why, I don't know, it's just because it's just, you know, just chilling and relaxing, just thinking about things and just the mind's going, usually because it's in the process of getting ready for work and just an idea hits me. I've solved a problem. I've worked out in my head how to do some technology. I thought about how I'll approach a problem with a client. Um, an idea for the, for the business is hitting, you know, like, um, yeah. So honestly, the most inspiring place is in the shower, for sure. You'll be wanting to spend hours in the shower. It's like, come on, ideas, hit me, hit me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Inspirational video. What would be your inspirational video? Yeah, I thought about this. Um, I thought about this for for a while. This was the one that stumped me because I'm a huge movie buff. Uh, I watch lots of movies. I love everything from a Hollywood blockbuster to a um, you know independent. I love Aussie films, you know, I really love the dark Aussie films that we've done. I love watching short films. I really, really love watching movies. And I had to put down a movie that I saw about a year ago called Victoria. And the reason I chose Victoria is because it's just one of these films that captivates, captivates me from beginning to end. It's actually filmed in one single take. They got it on the third take. It's two hours and 18 minutes. There's no cuts, no CGI, no cheap tricks. It's low and um, there's no famous actors either, except it's, it's uh, German, except there's a, an actor named Frederick Lau who plays Sonny, who's one of the main characters, and I just think he's flawless. Just his presence on the camera, he's like a, he's like a, a young Vincent Castell. You know, he's just uh, amazing. It's brilliant. It's like an OK Go video on steroids, really, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. And the thing is, it goes all over Berlin. Yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't. I saw the trailer because you linked to that and I watched it and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to watch that. A technical feat. Oh, oh, crazy. And they got it in a third take. It's amazing. Yeah. I really want to see this. Check out the link. As I said, all the links will be in the show note. This one looks like a really good one. And finally, who do you think I should ask onto this show? Yeah, so I was thinking about this, and I went through all the podcasts that you had and um, saw who's been on already. And initially, I said Tim Clutton, who you've already had on the show. So I thought, to vary it up, I thought it would be great to have Chris McLean on the show. So Chris McLean, who I mentioned before, 
we worked together at Interbrand. He was a creative director at Interbrand. He came over from um, uh, the north of England, over from Manchester. He's a Manchester boy. And he worked at Interbrand for many years as the creative director and the ECD. Anyway, he's over, in Gretel, he's over at Gretel now as a creative director. So he's not a motion designer. He's just got a great understanding of motion and direction for motion. And we worked really closely together and really well. Uh, and he's a great conversationalist. He's just a, he's a, he's a, he's a funny bloke. He'd be great. I think awesome. he has some really great insights. And the fact that he's over at Gretel in New York and he's killing it, yeah, yeah, he'd be a great one for the show. So hit up Chris McLean. Get him on. All right. I will do. I will do. And um, I think it's a really, really great thing to have a creative director. We all work with them all the time. I think it's really good to have a balance of people who aren't about the technical aspects or motion isn't their whole point of view because they strive us or they push us in directions that you otherwise would not go. So I think it's a perfect pick. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I, and, and I agree with you on, on that point, yeah. And that's why it's great. Like a good, creative, a good creative director can add so much to the project. I think good creative teams add so much to a project. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, like that's why I think some of those really fantastic projects usually come from really fantastic teams. Yeah, definitely agree, definitely. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Where should everybody follow you or go to see everything online that you're about? Where would, where would you direct everyone? Yeah, cool. So um, I reckon we've got selects on uh, neversitstill.tv. Uh, so that's our website. That's the studio website. We've got a little bit about the studio and, and selected projects. From there, you can link to our Vimeo. You can link to our Team Behance page. You can link to Twitter. I'm on Twitter as twitter.com forward slash Mike Facetto. Um, somewhat active, uh, and then we've got uh, Instagram.com, and then we forward slash never sit still TV. And we always try and be more in, more um, active on Instagram, and we go through we get probably go through phases like everybody else. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think we posted. I posted the first thing yesterday in in two months. So yeah, yeah keep keeping up with that stuff. We've got so much work to put up there, but yeah, yeah, it goes through bursts. So. Yeah. Um, We'll definitely have all those links and um, you can follow me on Twitter at Blair Walker, the podcast on Twitter at Pro Video Podcast. There's also a Facebook page and a Facebook group and a Slack group. Really love you to join the Slack group. We'll have a link here, provideopodcast.com forward slash Slack. Join the group, get in amongst it. The conversations are awesome. The people in there are from across the world. We've got a lot of past guests. I'd love to have you join the, the group. Mike, I know that it's always hard to find time to partake in a lot of that, but, you know, you can lurk in the background. That's all good. <laughs> I will do for sure, Blair. I will do for sure, yeah. We, we've been using Slack in the studio over the last over the last, like, couple of months. Phil Tibble uh, got us involved and... Uh, I was hesitant, but he showed us how to turn off notifications, just get the little icon, the little little red or blue little, um, uh, like uh, dot pops up, and we, we love it. We yeah. just uh, fantastic. It's just been a great addition to the studio. Awesome. Yeah, I'm part of like about eight different Slack groups. There's no oh, wow. Slack. There's <laughs> Pro Video Slack. There's the Motion Design Slack. There's the Grayscale Gorilla Slack, Progress oh, Slack. Um, do not, do not turn notifications on your phone on <laughs> it'll go literally constantly it's just like ding 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 i bet yeah no i learned that the hard way yeah yeah Phil showed us how to tap into and it's, it's, it's just a great tool yeah thank you so oh. much mike for coming on the show i've had a okay. blast yeah me too it's been fun yeah yeah awesome. thanks for having me good time 
definitely get you on the show again next time you've got a project um, in a wee while. And I'll be talking about the Make It 2018 titles, which will probably be way back in the dust when we have you on. But um, yeah, can't wait to get you on again. I've really had so much fun. Yeah, me too. Thanks, Blair. Thanks very much. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please share this out. Really appreciate it. Whatever your social network and um, tag us in on Pro Video Podcast as well. Please do that. Really appreciate it. Thanks for listening and have a good week. Catch you next time. Okay, bye. Join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Pro Video Podcast. Please subscribe, rate and leave a review on iTunes.